of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Brought to you by the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here. Uh, also known as Jack, still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast to O'Brien, uh, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack got mad boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack got mad boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. First things first, this is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Breath-taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> They start stuff, I finish stuff. That's just the way it goes when I feel like it. I'll explain in just a minute. It's your boy, Stephen A. Smith, in the house, live from Vegas. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, a special edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, even though it's typically... Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live over the digital airwaves of YouTube, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, Today is an exception because I'm coming at you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, um, inside this immaculate studio known as Blue Wire Studios uh, because they are here hosting me for this particular evening because Saturday night, 
live from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world. Terrence Crawford goes up against Errol Spence Jr. I can't wait. I've waited for this fight for years to come. I'll get into that in just a second. We're here in our studios. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. As usual, I'm always appreciative of the love and support that y'all give me. Thank you so much. Keep it coming. I'll keep on coming. Like and subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified about all of our new content. And there you have it. As usual, I take questions at the end of the show, calls. Folks like to call in and talk to me. I love taking your calls, so that's not going to change. Please feel free to call into the Stephen A. Smith Show at 646-727-0769. That's 646-SAS-0769. Um, Paul George and Mr. Jackie Long who I wasn't familiar with until literally hours ago. I'll get to y'all in just a second. I heard what y'all had to say. I'll respond in just a few minutes. But not before I get into the significance of this weekend in various sports topic items. Number one, real quickly, before I even get into the boxing match, there's a UFC uh, match taking place in Utah uh, Saturday night between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje for the BMF title at 155 pounds. Um, I don't expect that to go to distance. I expect somebody to get knocked out or submitted. Um, I'm picking Dustin Poirier to win that fight, even though Justin Gaethje is no joke, and he's a knockout artist with either hands. He's something special. Uh, both of them are 6-2 and two in their last eight fights since Dustin Poirier beat Justin Gaethje about five years ago. Both of them have 6-2 and two records. I expect Dustin Poirier to beat him again because I think his ground game is better. Obviously, I could be wrong because one punch can end the night. That's how it goes in the UFC or any pugilistic sport for that matter. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happened here, but I'm still betting my money on Dustin Poirier. Not that I'm a better here in Vegas. I leave that to my sister Carmen who likes to use the slot machines. That's not my style. But the bottom line is I'm not really, really a better. And nevertheless, most of you out there are. And I think that when you look at Dustin Poirier, I think you have to take into consideration not only his boxing ability, his striking ability, but also his jiu-jitsu. And the fact is, is that you have a lot of people, a lot of aficionados out there for MMA and UFC evaluating his skill set and believing that Justin Gaethje just doesn't want any part of a ground game. Justin Gaethje would beg to differ. He says he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. He can handle it. But the reality is usually when we see him beating somebody, he's usually not knocking them out. That's what he's usually doing. And in the case of Dustin Poirier, I don't know if that's going to be something he's going to be able to do because I know that Dustin believes he's got an advantage on the ground. And as a result, if you get Justin Gaethje to the ground, that will be your advantage. And I think that's why Dustin Poirier is probably going to win this fight again, his rematch with Justin Gaethje, even though I expect it to be a thriller, I expect it to be epic. And I love those BMF title shots. I mean, we saw uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz years ago. This is better than that. This is better than that. These are two individuals that are very, very elite in their craft and number two and number three respectively in the rankings. This is a better matchup than that. So I'm going with Dustin Poirier. Let me get to boxing because I'm here in Vegas. And let me tell you something about being in Vegas. You see, it just does something to me. I know that I love my basketball and I'm synonymous with the NBA. I know I've come to love the National Football League because it has become religion. I mean, we've got pastors evolving their sermons around Sunday football for crying out loud. Used to be from 11 to 1. Now we got to move it up because I got to get home in time. 
for kickoff. We understand how this goes. They're not going to admit it because the Lord is watching, but we know what they do. We know what they do. And nevertheless, with that being said, here's the reality of the situation. (sighs) There's a Saturday night that comes before Sunday morning football. And Saturday nights are at its best when there is a big-time boxing match. And ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is Terrence Crawford, the reigning WBO champion, going up against Errol Spence Jr., the reigning WBA, WBC, and IBF champion. All four belts on the line. The winner will be the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. We get it. That is not why this is an epic fight. I've seen some fights before. I've seen fights for the title and all of this other stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm a fan of the UFC. I'm a fan of MMA. I'm a fan of what Dana White does with that organization. But I love me some boxing. You understand? I go back to the days of Ali. You know, Ali versus Foreman, Ali versus Frazier, Ali versus Mike Weaver, for crying out loud, or Larry Holmes, who ultimately forced him into retirement, although it was Burbank that ultimately did him in when all was said and done. I used to watch Mike Weaver. I used to I watched him knock out Jerry Coatsia, a South African, for crying out loud. I watched George Foreman knock Joe Frazier upside the back of his head. My father, it's still the funniest moment in boxing history in my father's eyes. To the day he died, there wasn't a day that went by he didn't laugh when you brought up George Foreman knocking Joe Frazier upside the back of his head, ultimately before that fight was stopped. And, and Howard Cosell, the late, great Howard Cosell, screaming, it is over. It is over, okay? Or down goes Frazier. I love my boxing. I'm talking about Aaron Pryor versus Alexis Aguelo. I'm talking about Wilfredo Benitez against Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm talking about Ray Leonard against Tommy the Hitman Hearns. Fight one that went 14 rounds. This is back in the day when fights went 15 rounds. Ain't stopping 12, okay? This is back in those days. I remember when Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran, got his head twisted 180 degrees before falling to the canvas face first via a knockout at the hands of Tommy the Hitman Hearns. I remember when a guy, Pepino Cuevas, was considered that dude until he ran into the Hitman, Tommy the Hitman Hearns. I remember when Tommy the Hitman Hearns was beaten up on Iran Barkley, but Barkley caught him with a right in the third round and ultimately dropped him and put him to sleep. I remember all of this. I was a huge, marvelous Marvin Hagler fan. I remember Mustafa Muhammad. Muhammad Kwawi and how he ultimately lost to Evander Holyfield, who was a light heavyweight before he became a heavyweight. Don't get me started with the heavyweights that I've seen throughout history, okay? I love my boxing. And boxing for many, many years in recent memory has disgusted me because we don't get the fights we want to see when we want to see them. That ends tomorrow night. Terrence Crawford, versus Errol Spence Jr. is the biggest fight in boxing since Floyd Money Mayweather went up against Manny Pacquiao. The hype going into the fight was epic. It was real, even though it was five years too late because they should have fought years earlier. This fight is as big. It, It has the potential to be as big as that. Now, Let me make sure that I'm clear with everybody. This fight right here will unquestionably be better than Floyd Money Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao in the ring. The hype is similar to it, although it doesn't quite measure up 
to Floyd Money Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. But the performance inside the ring, I have no doubt in my mind with Crawford going against Errol Spence Jr. that it's going to be better than Floyd versus Pacquiao because Floyd could backpedal and kick your ass. Floyd could backpedal doing that. He's hitting, but he's not getting touched. This is different. This is different. This is two brothers that don't know how to run. They don't know how to backpedal. They know how to move. They know how to stick and move. They know how to be a bit evasive, but not to the degree of a Floyd Money Mayweather. I remember when Floyd Money Mayweather fought Saul Canelo Alvarez. It got so bad that one time, it's a true story. It got so bad that one time Canelo threw a punch and Floyd Money Mayweather tapped him on the shoulder and said, I'm behind you. That's how brilliant of a defensive tactician Floyd Money Mayweather was. This is different. None of these guys, as skilled as they are, both offensively and defensively, they're not on that level. And because they're not on that level, they're going to be there to hit and to get hit. Someone may fall. Someone may get knocked out. I'm predicting it's probably going to go the decision route. I'm leaning towards Crawford. I've picked Crawford by decision, but my list is fluid. My my, my prediction is fluid. I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind because it's that close. It's that close. So I just wanted to get that out the way. I just wanted to get that out the way. Moving on. Um, I know there's some of you out there that were clamoring for me to mention um, Skip Bayless on his podcast uh, going off about how the athletic got the story wrong about me and blueberry muffins. I'm not talking about no damn blueberry muffins on my podcast. I got better things to do with my life. I don't know the story. I don't remember the story, but I will say this. I would never dream of getting somebody fired over blueberry muffins. I'm a brother from the streets of New York City. I know what it's like to do it out. I don't want nobody losing their job because of blueberry muffins. One of the most ridiculous stories I've ever been asked to comment on, and I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Before I get to Paul George and his friend, what is that name again? Jackie Long. Jackie Long. I'll get to that in a second. Because I'm coming. But before I do, I made news over the last couple of days because Sean Payton, the former coach of the New Orleans Saints, who sat out last year doing television before he was hired and given complete autonomy over you know, the football operations in Denver for the Broncos coaching that team, whether it be officially or unofficially, I don't remember, but we all know what the money they're paying him. He's going to have time. He's going to have say. And Sean Payton was pretty critical of Nathaniel Hackett, who is the former, who's the now former head coach of the Denver Broncos. He coached them one year last year. He did an absolutely horrendous job. They had the worst offense in football. He was so bad, he should have fired himself. But nevertheless, he was fired after one year. 
new owners had come in that August, so they wanted to see how things were going to go because they came in and obtained ownership a bit too late, and they weren't going to fire the guy they didn't hire. And so ultimately, he did his job for a year, didn't do that great of a job. He was fired after one year. Russell Wilson had the worst quarterbacking year of his career. Denver stunk. And Nathaniel Hackett was fired, ultimately hired, again, as an offensive coordinator with the New York Jets, uh, which helped because he had a familiar relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I believe he got the job in Denver because Aaron Rodgers was contemplating retirement and everybody was talking about they was contemplating a trade to the Denver Broncos and Hackett was hired because if you got Hackett, then maybe Aaron Rodgers would come. And then when it didn't happen, you settled on Russell Wilson. And we saw how that panned out. Well, Sean Payton inheriting this mess that was the Denver Broncos this past offseason worked with the team and what have you. And this is what he had to say. Take a look when, at this. Not only does Sean Payton say that, but he brings up, look at the Jets now. He knows that there you hack is there. He's bringing up hard knocks and all this other stuff. He knows that there you hack is there. You know what that is? That's a new coach that's ticked off that he has to deal with the stuff that he has to deal with. The residue, the stench of what's left behind. Now, he's going to overcome it, <laughs> but that's what that's about. Then Sean Payton is saying to the world, y'all have no idea what the hell I've had to deal with uh, since taking this job. That was my reaction. So I apologize for giving you that clip because that was a bit too early. I thought we had a clip of Sean Payton. Um, or at least a quote with him saying what he said about Nathaniel Hackett, but he basically talked about how it was a mess um, and how the Denver Broncos had embarrassed itself as an organization. I'm paraphrasing. And he was alluding to the embarrassment that took place because they were more concerned with pomp and circumstance, PR and stuff like that, instead of what the hell was going on on the football field. And he pointed the finger directly at Nathaniel Hackett and directly um, at the Broncos organization. A lot of people thought it was Bush League. They felt that Sean Payton stepped out of pocket. You keep stuff in-house. You don't take it outside those doors. And what I said this morning on my show, First Take, which is my day job, since I'm starting the show and the executive producer, not bragging, just stating facts. And what I was trying to explain was I think people are looking at it wrong. Certainly, it's never a good thing, and it's something we should never support where you're taking outside stuff and revealing it to the public. We all understand that. My point was Sean Payton has been associated with the National Football League for over four decades. There is a code that is universally understood. Why in God's name would Sean Payton, out of the blue, violate codes associated with the NFL, particularly the coaching fraternity, and beyond that he's honored for over 40 years. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I have a guess, and it's just a guess, but damn it, it's an educated one. Could it be that Nathaniel Hackett never deserved a job and potentially used Aaron Rodgers to get the head coaching job, and that was what turned Sean Payton off? Could it be that being a part of Hard Knocks and, you know, being so overly concerned with PR and all the pomp and circumstance, 
goes against the code of ethics that NFL coaches pride themselves on possessing? Could it be that this tree that Sean Payton has been associated with, rife with qualified coaches, far more qualified than Nathaniel Hackett ever was, were far more deserving for the job, but he went the new school route instead of the old school route to position himself to get a job? that dare we say Sean Payton felt that he was grossly underqualified for? Could it be that Sean Payton is trying to send a message to the football world, to owners everywhere, and to the culture of the National Football League, specifically as it pertains to the NFL coaching fraternity, that there's a way to do things? We don't like the way he did that. So to hell with him, I'm going to say what needs to be said. Keep in mind, Sean Payton said this, knowing that the Jets are a top-rated defense, that they just acquired Aaron Rodgers, that they're considered a potential Super Bowl contender, and his team, which sucked last year, plays the Jets in week four. It ain't like he ain't going to see him. He's going to see him and said it anyway. Why would he do that? We're all quick to sit up there and talk about What's right and wrong and trying to be self-righteous and politically correct and apropos and all of that other stuff. And I'm saying that's cool. But why don't we take into account the anomaly, the rare aberration that exists when somebody goes against the grain and against the culture and against what is basically an unwritten rule and violates all of that for the first time in the history of the National Football League. For the first time in his first, in his specific 40-plus-year career associated with the NFL. He suddenly violates that for nothing? Why don't we ask why? Why would he do that? Because we know. We know Nathaniel Hackett didn't deserve that job. We know he's lucky he got the job he got right now. And we know that the only thing good about Russell Wilson in Denver last year was the fact that Sierra was with him. And the damn thing else that was good about Russell Wilson being in Denver, but I suspect he'll make amends for that awful season he had last year, especially being coached by somebody like Sean Payton, and he's going to be just fine. Moving on, I've been waiting for the last few hours to discuss the subject that I'm about to broach. Paul George has a podcast. I forget the name of it. Somebody remind me, please, when you get a chance. Podcast P. Podcast P. I had a problem with the word, the nickname Spicy P, which is the nickname for Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. So if I had a problem with the name Spicy P, what do you think I could say about Podcast P? But I digress. I'll instead focus on addressing Paul George and his cohorts in the world of podcasting because they chose to address me. It'll give them additional clicks. They'll elevate their level of popularity, I have no doubt. And I'm here to please because I don't want them to fail. I want them to succeed. I want all these brothers to succeed. I want J.J. Reddick to succeed. I want Draymond Green to succeed. I want Patrick Peverly with his podcast to succeed. I'm all for the fellas getting theirs. I've always been about that, always will be about that. And before I go any further, let me say that 
even though I'm still not sure about how deep I'm going to go. I think it's appropriate to preface my comments by saying that I've always been a fan of Paul George. Not just Paul George, the basketball player, but Paul George, the person. Got a lot of love for him. He's good people. He's a star in the National Basketball Association. I got mad respect for him. But I respectfully disagree with what he had to say about me because I think he's wrong. His cohort, what is that? Jackie Long, is that the name again? That's a different matter altogether, my brother. I'll deal with your ass in a second. Before I do that, let me let y'all hear Paul George responding months later to something I said months ago about Kawhi Leonard and his perpetual injuries, a.k.a. load management, or whatever the hell you want to call it. This is Podcast P commenting about yours truly. Listen to this. I heard Stephen A. talk about he could have, like, Kawhi could have gave you 10 minutes or five minutes. Bro, it's not about that. Like, if I got to go on the floor and I can't be myself, then, like, what the fuck am I on the floor for? Now I'm I'm liable to get even more hurt. It was a dumb take. Have Stephen A. Smith played any professional sports? Hell no. Exactly. So he shouldn't even be speaking on what y'all got to go Hell through every day to no. put y'all... And I don't think fans just really understand, like, which I'll go you through. try to play through injuries. That's the goal. If you can play through it, you're going to play through it. If you can't, there's a reason why. Like, it's, like nobody wants to sit out for no reason. <sighs> I'm amazed. <sighs> Do you have any idea who the hell you're dealing with? Any idea at all? I think it's important <clears throat> to give my resume. Don't you? I think it's important. Speaking of my man, Galen Gordon, he's here in Vegas with me, my brother. Great, great television producer. <sighs> he sit right next to me. I think it's fair. Um, Paul George, I've been covering the NBA since 1996. In two years, that would make 30 years. I was covering the NBA since you were in elementary school. I think I know a thing or two about basketball. And I also think that covering the sport the way that I do and you know this, Paul George, because of your personal experiences with me and some of the things that I could have said about contemporaries and colleagues and others that I never did. That you know if something comes out of my mouth, it's not just my opinion. Players, coaches, scouts, player personnel directors, assistant GMs, GMs, presidents, Owners, 
do you really want me to sit here and talk about the Los Angeles Clippers? The perks and the treatment that folks have received and how the fans have been cut short. I could go there. Um, Paul George, did you know that you're the 34th highest paid athlete in the world, according to Forbes magazine, for the year 2023? $51.5 million total. $9.3 million in endorsements. I could say I'm waiting for a championship, George, Paul George, for that kind of money. But I happen to believe you would have had one had it not been for your injuries because I think you're that gifted. So I'm not going to disrespect you like that. Plus, I got love for you. Did you know that Kawhi Leonard is number 35 on the list last year? $50.5 million total. $8 million in endorsements the year 2023. If you combine your money with his money, that equates to 101, I'm sorry, 102 million dollars in salary and 17 million in endorsements for a franchise that went the fuck home in the first round. I would repeat that, but I don't think it's necessary. One more thing, Paul. 228 NBA players have played more games than you. You're at 189 games over the last four years. 297 players have played more games than the 161 games Kawhi Leonard played over the last four years. Do I need to continue? I need to continue. Everybody saying no. Um, Paul George, um, as you know, my sister Carmen adores you, loves you to death. She's here in Vegas too, you know. She's standing a few feet away from me. She's going to be on here in a few minutes. Do you know that she's sitting over there five feet away from me, Paul George, cringing, begging me to stop? Please stop talking about Paul. Please, Steve, don't say any more. Please. I'm not disrespecting you. You a star and I got love for you. But I'm giving you facts. I'm going to continue, Paul George. Because I have the notes right here. Um, you've missed 119 of 308 regular season games. That's 38% due to injuries. In that time span, you've earned $148.2 million in your career. $57.3 million of those monies were for games missed. Is that a good enough staff for you, Gabe? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, he's missed 147 of 308 regular season games. That's 48% due to injuries. Kawhi's earned $146.9 million in his career with the Clippers. About $70.8 million were for games he's missed. So combining that 70 with the 57.3 million, the 70.8 million plus 57.3 million, that comes up to $121.1 million in salary 
paid to you both for missed games. I don't see the Clipper fans getting any refunds. I still am waiting for that championship from the fair-weathered stepchild known as the Clippers compared to the Lakers, even though I think the Clippers are a first-class organization and your day is coming. And let's originate. Let's make sure we remind the world why you chose months later to call me out. I wish you would have just called me on your podcast. I'd have came. I'd have came, Paul. You know that. For you, for any, any time. I would have came. But since you decided to go this route, this is why I have a, a podcast. See, you got to understand something. I'm not going to go after everybody, and I'm not going to respond to everything. But the beauty of my podcast, which I own, I operate, I control, is that I can reach out and touch anybody I damn well please anytime I want to. If I've touched presidents and former presidents and presidential candidates and senators and and congressional figures and everybody else, what the hell makes you think I'm going to be scared to touch you? Now, for the audience that's missing the boat in all of this and wondering, where's the context? Where's the context? Here's where the context comes from. On my show, First Take on ESPN, every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, the number one sports morning show for 11 and a half years and counting. And by the way, you'll see a press release coming out in just a matter of days showing that yet again for the 12th consecutive month where we're up in the ratings year over year or rather month over month for the 12th consecutive month. And our ratings are pre-pandemic ratings just as a side because, see, I want to talk facts. One makes you know I got receipts. Having said all of that, let's provide perspective as to why Paul George felt the need to bring me up in, dare I say, truculent fashion, to say the least. Here's the reason why. Because on first take, I looked in the camera and I said, Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. He's a two-time NBA champion. He's a two-time NBA Finals MVP. But he is the worst superstar our game has ever seen. And I talked about how he might as well just retire. Now, was I speaking to some degree with a touch of emotion? Yes, I was. Because, once again, he was supposed to be available for the playoffs, and he's going at Kevin Durant, and he's going at these brothers, and he's dropping 38 39 points, and then the next game, we find out on game day, he can't go. We're like, damn, I ain't see you get injured. I ain't see you walk off the court. I ain't see you get carried off the court like Paul George, whether it be an Olympic competition or on the court for the Clippers. I didn't see anything like that. You walked to the bench, you sat down, you drank some Gatorade or water or Powerade, whatever the hell you were drinking. You looked fresh. You showed up to shoot around one morning. Ty Lewis planning to use you, and let's make this noise against Phoenix. They got Kevin Durant now, along with that brother Devin Booker. We got a problem. But we can resolve this with Kawhi Leonard, and all of a sudden he can't go. I'm like, damn, there's always something. Why don't you just retire? And then I took it a step further. Without questioning his injury, because I wasn't, because first people within the Clippers organization talked about how legitimate it was, I elaborated on why Kawhi Leonard 
is a God-awful superstar. Notice I said superstar because I'm not questioning his greatness as a player. I call him a God-awful superstar, the worst superstar in the history of the NBA as far as I'm concerned. Because, number one, I already highlighted the games missed. And number two, he does absolutely positively nothing to promote his team or the sport. I got my PR girl, Salon, standing right over, sitting right over there. I got a producer right here, extraordinaire, in Galen Gordon that knows TV like the back of his hand. If you can't sit up there, okay, and at least take time to market and promote a brand you represent so you can help facilitate them making money, then all you're doing is taking money. If you ain't available when it counts. Who can't understand that? We suddenly don't know business with all the money you've made, Paul George. All the money you've made. As smart as you are, as accomplished as you are, as business savvy as you work to be every single day with contemporaries like KD and Steph and, of course, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, your brother, who's doing big things in the business world. Big things. Don't get me started with his car district. Damn it, I thought he owned a damn town as many dealerships as I saw. Russell Westbrook dealerships, I'm crying out loud. Well, what these brothers know about business, what you know about business, Paul George, you can't understand what I'm saying? If you don't market the product and the brand you represent and you are not on a court 48% of the time, like Kawhi Leonard wasn't over the last several years, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't say the man was faking any injuries. I didn't say the man doesn't care. I didn't say he doesn't work hard. What I said was, damn, you can't give me five minutes. You can't give me two minutes. I even used the Pat Riley analogy in the book, Blood in the Garden. When he asked Charles Smith, if we needed you desperately for five minutes right now, could you give it to us? Charles Smith said, yeah. He said, then what the hell are you doing in street clothes? I only use that analogy. That's all I was trying to say. But I'll tell you something I should have said, Paul George, that I didn't. Whether he had to hop, skip, or jump, I bet you Kawhi Leonard's ass could have done that to the bank because he got a checkbook that shows it. These are facts. Now, you ain't alone. Because J.J. Reddick, star of the Old Man and the Three podcast, exceptional job with him too, who contributes on first tape, jumped all in me when I said what I said about Kawhi Leonard on first tape. But make no mistake about it, I didn't back up. I came right back at him. Look at this exchange. Um, I mean this in the nicest way possible to both of you, but listening to each of you right now, it's very obvious that you've played zero high-level basketball. And you do not understand the requirements of doing that. Understand the frustration mm-hmm. with the load management mm-hmm. issue. What we're talking about here and questioning his injury, and you say, I'm not questioning his injury. You just said we saw Paul George get hurt. We, we didn't see Kawhi get Let's give the guy some credit. AJ Reddick, first things you first. You talked about it's very obvious that we didn't play high-level basketball. Newsflash, in this case especially, I don't have to. I've been covering the NBA since you were eight years old. 
You think we make this up? You think we don't speak to owners, coaches, teammates, contemporaries, people who are in the league who do know what you know? Tony Parker is a champion. When he was in San Antonio, he questioned Kawhi Leonard. That is a fact. Look it up. It's in the archives, okay? You have several people who have looked at Kawhi. We know nobody's questioned his work ethic. Nobody has questioned how much he cares. Nobody has questioned what a dog he is when it comes to playing big-time basketball in big-time moments. But he is clearly unreliable because of his health. But he's never unreliable when it comes to getting to the negotiating table and getting every penny that he deserves. That was our exchange. J.J. Redick, former player, now an exceptional basketball analyst for the network at ESPN. Proud to call him a colleague. Does an exceptional job for us. Love what he does on first take. No matter how heated it gets with us sometimes. Got a lot of respect for him. I think he does an outstanding job calling basketball games for us as well. I think he's a big, big part of ESPN's future and deserves to be so. Um, But we're going to disagree from time to time. And I'm not scared to disagree with him respectfully, as I told him to his face, I don't give a damn what he felt. Just like I don't give a damn what Paul George feels about what my take was on Kawhi Leonard. I'm talking basketball. And the fact of the matter is, on far too many occasions, we live in a day and age where load management, not to say that that was load management, I understand it was injuries, but the fact is, people are going to be skeptical about guys having time off because y'all do it on a regular basis. And you talk about literally in today's NBA, you sign a contract and after the weekend's over, you're thinking about preparing yourself to get the next contract before you honored this one. Don't get me started with Kawhi Leonard and all the perks and the private treatments and the private helicopter rides and everything else that he gets. I mean, my God, I'm surprised that literally Steve Ballmer isn't doing Kawhi Leonard's toenails himself. Don't get me started with everything this man has done. For Kawhi Leonard, it would be nice to see more of him. But that's all I wanted to say about that. What I wanted to get to before I ended this particular segment is this dude, Jackie Long. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Jackie Long was the one sitting beside Paul George that asked Paul George if I've ever played any professional sports. Jackie Long is also the person once Paul George said, hell no, hell no. I could sit up there and say, well, clearly y'all haven't done television, podcasting, radio, or whatever the case may be, at least not to the degree that I have. So what the hell do you have one for? But I won't go there because I like the fact that y'all have opinions and that I don't have to look around all over the damn place to find it. I like that. And I'm supportive of that. But Jackie Long, my brother, they describe you as a B-list actor. I didn't know this about you. And I want to state for the record, Jackie Long, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm saying that you asked a question, did I ever play professional basketball, and then state that I have no business having an opinion about it. I'm going to bring up some of your credentials with a purpose, and I want you to listen good. You were in Power Book 2, Real Husbands of Hollywood, the movie Atlanta, 
Um, just to name a few. I'm wishing you nothing but the best, my brother. I hope that you become an A-list. I hope you become a star. I hope you all your dreams come true. Nothing but respect for you. We all got to start somewhere. Okay? But when you question a black man's resume, let me tell you what you've done. You've implied that I have no business talking about professional sports. Did folks walk around saying that about Howard Cosell when he talked about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and George Foreman and all of those guys? Did they say it about Brian Gumble when he was hosting NFL? Did they say it about Brent Musburger? Did they say it about Mike and the Mad Dog who had the number one radio show in the country for years? Did they say it about all those sports center hosts, Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman and, 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 and Stuart Scott, the great, late, great Stuart Scott, God rest his soul, and John Saunders, the late, great John Saunders. Did they say that about Bob Costas when it came to baseball? You see, Jackie Long, the problem that I have with what you did is only the one thing you said, which was the question you asked Paul George. My brother, I'm 55. Did you know that I started out my career writing, covering calendar items and school lunch menus and birth listings? Did you know that I worked for free for a year while I was taking 18 credit semester hours as an HBCU? Did you know that I started off covering Pop Warner football for a weekly newspaper? Did you know that I ultimately worked as an intern in Winston-Salem and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the Greensboro News and Record? Did you know that I spent the year living off of tuna fish and Kool-Aid? Did you know that I ultimately started my career off at the New York Daily News as a high school sports writer, covering the Stephon Marberries and the Felipe Lopez's of the world, Kareem Reeds and other guys like that? Did you know that my first interview as an intern was given to me by a Nate Tiny Archibald? Did you know that when I was a high school reporter for the New York Daily News, Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, the two-time champion in the Hall of Fame and one of the greatest point guards in NBA history, did you know that that Isaiah Thomas stopped talking to the press just so he could walk over to me as a high school reporter and give me my first exclusive interview to a professional athlete? Did you know that two giants in the history of basketball, Clarence Big House Gaines and John B. McClendon, who helped organize a game in the middle of the night at Duke University because blacks and whites weren't allowed to go up against each other. Did you know that they were my mentors? That they the ones that taught me the game of basketball? Did you know that that same John B. McClendon invented the fast break? Did you know that he learned the game under the late creator, James Naismith? He was the one that used to be sitting in the stands watching when we would practice. Did you know they sat me down because they knew that I wanted to do what I'm doing today and they were coaching me on how to be a conscientious observer of the sport and they wanted me to be real and authentic and build my career while at the same time protecting people like you 
to spearhead the way for people like you to follow down the road? Did you know that I, when I got to the Philadelphia Inquirer, I got promoted nine times? Did you know that in 2003, I became the 21st African-American to be named a general sports columnist in American history? Do you know that? Do you know that my credentials, all of these sorry asses that are out here talking their smack, that are looking at me and wondering who the hell am I to be in this position and all of this other stuff. Do you notice that they never, ever grab a microphone and a camera and invite y'all to watch while they put their resume up against mine? Do you notice they never do that? Because they'd expose themselves and they'd have to reveal they never accomplished what I've accomplished. I have people around me all the time who will validate everything that I've said as fact. Look it up. No, I didn't play basketball. I'm an elite journalist. I'm an elite commentator. I'm a host of the number one sports morning show that's been number one for 11 and a half years and counting. That's one of the reasons why yo ass decided to talk about me. Gonna get some more clicks, ain't you? I know how this works. I'm one of the people that helped create it. So when you sit here and you say something like, yo, don't talk. Who is he to talk about basketball? Jackie Long, don't you realize you're hurting yourself? My brother, I'm here doing this. So people like you could be doing this years later. I don't have forever. I got some time, but I ain't 25. I ain't 35. It's people like you and others on the come up that's going to have a microphone and going to have a camera and going to have a studio and going to be in a position to do all of these things. What if somebody came and said, you have no business talking sports? When I just gave you my credentials, you ain't stupid. You a smart brother. You know my resume. And by the way, you're an actor. But you talk sports. How the hell do you get to sit next to Paul George and talk sports, but I can't talk sports? Sports, George Paul, Paul George got his podcast, I got mine. Paul George don't have a number one television show. Paul George ain't been number one for 11 and a half years. For all I know, Paul George, how the hell you know what I said about Kawhi? Because you were watching first take, wasn't you? Come on, bro. Paul George, you feel the way you feel about your teammate. You're wrong. I'm right. It's cool. No biggie. Still got love for you. You my man. And by the way, Jackie, I got love for you. I'll come on your show. I'll come on y'all show. All you had to do is call. I wouldn't have said no to Paul George. I didn't know you, Jackie, until a couple of days ago. I didn't even know that was you when I saw you talking to the bro, to the brothers at Power. Mike and Gianni. I didn't even know that was you. Somebody just told me, you know, you know, you just finished talking to her. I had no idea. I had no idea what you said. And I don't even mind up until you said, I have no business talking about basketball. My brother, if I can't talk basketball, when would you ever be allowed to talk basketball? When would most of the people doing this 
be able to talk basketball or sports for that matter. Google me. Look it up. My resume speaks for itself. Hell no, I couldn't play. Couldn't shine Paul George shoes or any other player for that matter. Problem, no problem. But I was here before Paul George ever stepped foot on an NBA court. And I'm going to be here when he's gone. Doing what I do. I'm going to be rooting that you, Jackie Long, along with Paul George, are doing it too. But let's not give the system the kind of fodder you just gave them. You want to disagree with me? Disagree with me. You want to say I'm wrong? Cool. You want to get at me like J.J. Reddick tried to get at me or Paul George was trying to get at me? That's cool. That's fair game. Don't bring up that I have no business talking sports. I'm the best, dog. I'm the best. The numbers say it. The revenue say it. The ratings say it. And I'm saying it. You got a whole bunch of people that could do one or two or three things better than me. The arsenal that I have in me when it comes to doing television, I'll put my resume up against anybody. And oh, by the way, I didn't even add I'm a best-selling author. New York Times best-selling author. Straight shooter. Second chances and first takes. Nine weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't play ball. Like millions and billions of people who tried to play ball. That's what makes you great, Paul George. One last thing, though. I am a champion at what I do. How many people can say that? I could say more, but I'll leave it at that. Ain't nobody running either. I'm happy to come on your podcast if you want me to. And Jackie, here's the deal. I can guarantee you one thing. I will show you far more deference and respect than you ever thought to give me. Paul George is just saying what he said. That's fair game. I don't know you that well, Jackie. I deserved better from you, bro. I deserved better than that. Because if I'm not allowed to talk basketball, if I'm not allowed to talk about professional sports, how many brothers you think gonna get a chance to do it in the future? How many brothers you think gonna achieve my resume? Spanning 30 years. That's why I'm upset that you asked Paul George that question and then made that remark. That's crossing the line. That's not fair to me. If nothing else, I've earned the right to express an opinion about basketball in my career. Remember that. More to Stephen A. Smith show in a minute because I got a lot more to say. Not about them, but about some other stuff. You won't want to miss it because I'm going to have some guests in the house with me too. Stick around. You're listening live. Stephen A. Smith show right here with the digital airwaves of YouTube.
This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Sound like I got an echo on my ear. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the live airwaves, uh, digital airwaves of YouTube. Thank you for joining me. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Um, this is a rare moment um, because as the show continues to build and grow, we're over 250,000 subscribers in the first four and a half months or so. Thank you all so much for the love and support. Continue to like and subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified about all of our new content. Um, and of course, you know the number to call up, uh, 646-727-0769 or 646-SAS-0769. Um, you see three individuals sitting alongside me. Um, there's a reason you see that. Because I see so many shows where, you know, you got a crew of people around you. You know, everybody got their posse with them and all this. We don't know who the hell's going to be with who or whatever the case may be. It's kind of wild. You know, we see all of that all the time, right? Let me tell y'all something. I grew up in Hollis, Queens. Um, I went to Winston-Salem State University, which is an HBCU. I got friends all over the country. I'm a, mega, I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. I got brothers. I got a brotherhood. I got boys, uh, lifelong buddies. I couldn't have everybody in Vegas, but I brought two of my boys from Hollis. <laughs> My man on the end is, is, is Bobby Williams, and my boy, this is, this is my dog right here, my man Cardell Brooks. I mean, you know, uh, thinks he's God's gift to everything. I got my man, I got my man, this, this brother right here, his name is Gary Stevens, but we all call him Spank. This is my man that went to Winston-Salem State. I know my man Monty, Monty Ross, Monte Ross, the new head basketball coach at North Carolina A&T University. I know he's watching. I know Playboy Phil Hayes is watching and listening. I know I know all the crew, Ben, Zaire, and Pat, and Mark McKnight, and Marshall Lewis, and everybody in Hollis. I mean, they all Rashid, everybody. I know everybody bugging out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just a, a, a few of my boys. What's up, fellas? Just a few. What up? Just what up? a few. So, so what, what, what's it like to, you know, you know, sit on the set with your boy, you know, Stephen A. Smith, you know, I mean, the world knows me. I, I don't want, I don't want, I'd be damned if I want them telling y'all what y'all know about me. Okay. But, 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 but I, I want, I want the world to see the kind of dudes that I hang out with. Cut out, talk to them, cut out, talk to them. First of all, no, get, up, get up to the mic because you got to get, get yeah, close to the, to the mic. mic. You got to get close I, to the mic. I want it clear. Okay. I, I don't think I'm God's gifts to anything. I'm very opinionated oh, and I'm very passionate about my thoughts mm -hmm. and how I see things. Right. Now, this is where mm -hmm. us as grown up, the way we grew up in Hollis and, and right, right, right. we all got our personalities right. and, and our own opinions, right. but we all kept each other straight. Okay. But I do love the fact that we all have different personalities right. and we do fight a lot about may, 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 may I tell the world, because it's not just in America, I'm seeing worldwide. May I tell the world what your definition of a prenup agreement is? Absolutely. I welcome anybody with that. I got to tell the world this. Right? I, I welcome that. Cardell years ago. This is a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. Cardell years ago was like this. Prenup agreement is just one sentence. Whoever leaves gets nothing. Period. He said, whoever leaves gets nothing. Cardell's exact words. We were 19 when Cardell said this. We've known each other for over 50 years. We were 19 when he said this. Cardell was like this. You said you love me. <laughs> you said forever. forever. 
You stood before God That's right. and swore we were together forever. Where the hell are you going? Where are you going? That's his definition. Of and I stand by that to this day. Where the hell you think uh -oh. you going? You agreed to marry me. You ain't going no damn way. And if she chooses to? Listen, till death to us part. You ain't going nowhere. Bobby, mm. you, you don't have that problem. No, I don't. You, don't, you don't have that problem, Bobby, because, you know, you, you've always been, perfectionately, you've always been a sucker for love. Oh, oh my god. That's what you call it? I'm being nice. I'm being nice. I mean, it's like it's like Bobby, I appreciate that. Bobby is oh, one please. of those dudes, Spank Cardell knows this. Bobby is one of those dudes where you tell him you love him. That's it. It's over. It's over. That's it. You belong to me, you're mine now. You belong to me, you're mine. We're gonna be together forever. That was it. Yes, exactly. You know? And they used to get on my behind about that all the time. Cause Bob, cause especially no Steve. Especially what, uh, Steve. me? What would I do? What would I do? Oh I, I, don't recall, I don't recall doing I had, anything. Oh, you I was very nice to you. I don't, I, I don't no, recall. I, I don't recall. Listen, listen, everybody, listen. I had my girlfriend in the room with me. Steve is downstairs. Yo, Bobby, what are you doing? I'm up here. Ah, you probably up there with that old fat girl or whatever, man. You need to come on down there and hang out with us, man. Come on, man. What's wrong with you, man? I don't I'm recall like, doing that. And yeah, she you looked, did it. She heard and she goes, no, he didn't. She stuck her head right out the window and said, F you, Steve, we get you, But wasn't that the one I thought cheated on you? Was there one that did cheat on him? I mean, I was trying to disguise that. I didn't want to tell. I didn't want to tell. She didn't deserve you. She didn't deserve you. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Steve. You're right about that. Because you're married now, and it ain't to her. No, I was right. It's not to her. I'm happily married now, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And I want y'all to do the same thing. Whatever. I want y'all to do the same thing. And he got mad at me just two days ago because we were sitting there having a conversation about this same girl. I looked him dead in the eyes and I oh said, you dodged a bullet, but I was the bad guy. Right. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can make a legitimate argument, Cardell, that, uh, no, that, 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 you know, you could treat women better. You could have. You could, you Thank could, you. you could be a bit more sensitive. Thank you. Thank you. you could be a bit more I've sensitive. Talk to him about that. You know what I'm saying? You, you can show your sensitive side and just be a more loving and caring exactly. and sharing exactly. individual. Like my man Spank here. You know what I'm saying? My man Spank here. You know, Spank. You know, I, I mean, listen, man. You know, we've been boys right now. Shoot, it's over. It's, it's, it's over 30 years, my brother. You sure. know, um, how would you describe yourself? I mean, when you talk about the brotherhood, the fellas, and stuff like that. Mark Turner's not here. Right. We understand that he crazy. You know, I didn't have Mark in Vegas because um, I didn't think the wife would give him permission to be here. Oh, God. Um, so that's not why. That's why he's not here. Uh, you know, uh, he's not here. Monte's busy, you know, coaching at A&T. You know, he's got to win games. He's got to win games. Right. Um, Phil Hayes, Lord knows what he's doing. Okay, so we know that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, how would you describe what, 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 what the brotherhood has been like for us? Because these are my childhood buddies. Right. Eight, nine you guys, you, you you connected with all my my, my college boys, Ski, right. Boris, Mark, the whole crew. Right. How would you describe? Well, first, I'm glad I ain't come up in Hollis, Queens with y'all, them women Watch issues, that. man. Watch <laughs> Watch that. Yo, yo yeah. coming up with some crazy stuff over there. Right. But as far as us, man, you know, um, how I sum it up is anybody that played any kind of team sport, right. you know, it's just a brotherhood that the sacrifices you make together and stuff like that. Right you know, you build a different bond. And like, we native New Yorkers, yes. so we were down in the South. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had to look out for one another. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, 
we 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 stick to that bond that we made. You know, you know? The, the thing that kills me is that we see so many brothers doing their podcasts and stuff like that, and I was sitting there like, if we all let loose and just act like we normally act with each other, Spank, how would that be? Uh, terrible, especially when it comes to me, because you know I, I don't have no filter. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I was the dude that uh, cursed at cursed at funerals. Cursed at my at my wife's funeral. Yes, oh, I did. In, in church. In, in church, church, in the pulpit, That's during right. my speech, honoring my wife. Yes, right. I did do that. Yes. Um, the other thing, too, is that what I'll tell you, and you know this more than anybody, I teased you the most oh. in college. Yes, you did. I was the team prankster and the jokester. <laughs> so, you know, if they want to get the inside of that, okay. you know. No, no, we don't need that right now. <laughs> we don't need that right now. We don't need that right now. We don't need that. Hey, when well, I cool. say this, he didn't tease him. He did tease him. But I will tell you all this. I'll go on the record and say I had some sort of influence in helping this man dress better. It's so what? did I. So no. did I. You. So did you. You wear taps on your damn shoes you in 2023. You Literally, you hear him clicking you coming up there. How the hell you, you going to say that? right about that. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, yo, who's he that coming He won up? last year. I was like, who's that? Oh, that's Cardell coming. Okay. Forget about it. You got to say whatever you want. My, I, my style is impeccable. Don't even try that. <laughs> Don't even try that. And you, you copy me. I will give Bobby credit. Because at the end of the day, Bobby was the first one to start getting us out of jeans and sneakers. Thank you. And like, Shut Thank up. you. Thank you. And like, yeah, he, we, you know, I'm gonna give him that little credit. bit of credit. Thank he you. still didn't know how to do it as but well as I did. But he was trying to dress fly, but Bobby was a walking liar. He would sit up there and get his pop suit. He'd wear that oh and he'd pull out the wallet. And when a honey came by, he wanted to get with him. He'd throw his wallet on the floor on purpose. Like, oh, oh. Excuse me, to try and act like he had money he didn't have. Yeah, I had to show them my credit cards. I, I would show them my credit cards, thinking that that would be a, an enticing thing. But a lot of them was like, yeah, "That just means you got debt, brother. We ain't trying to mess with you." you That's know. what it is. That, that, that just means you got debt. That's okay, that you got and, stuff. Then, and then he would go like this, and then he would walk away and be like, "It's true. It's true. I do have debt. I do have debt." We got to get on out of here before we get, but don't leave yet because we're gonna go to the calls. Remember, like and subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified about all of our new content. Let's go to the callers. I'll tell y'all what questions they ask because I'm the only one that's got an IFB in my ear. Play the question. Yo, what up, Stephen A? This is Daryl out in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Quick question. I know you a player, man. I know you out there seeing all these celebrities and, and fine women, but is there any celebrity woman you ran into that you was starstruck, couldn't couldn't say a word? You know, was it Hallie? Anybody? I need to know, were you starstruck by any of these right. beautiful women out here? I know you come across. Brother asked me, me being who I am, he knows I run across a bunch of fine women in Hollywood and stuff like that. Is there anyone that I've ever been starstruck by? My answer is no. Now, I was a Sinai Lathan fan. I can't deny that. Megan Good, too. I can't deny that. Okay. I'm just a fan. Um, I'm almost scared to ask. Am I telling the truth, Spank? I can't disclose the other one. <laughs> <laughs> That's an off-the-record conversation. That okay. <laughs> but I remind okay. that I tell everybody I, else. Oh, my God. Right. Wait, uh, Cardell, Bobby, am I telling the truth? I, I've never been starstruck, man. I can't say I'm a starstruck. Nah, I mean, nah. we all have our moments. Yeah, nah, she's, nah, yeah, it's her. Care. Yeah. It's not. I mean, you ain't had no damn moment. moments. You were still hooked on your ex until you had your new woman, yeah, who's now true. your wife. That's true. No. That's true. That's true. We all had our moments where... Even today, yes, yeah, sir. Megan Good is definitely uh, yeah, Megan Good, yeah, yeah, Megan yeah, Good, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge uh, 
Say it, damn it. Listen. Um, what's the what's the lady's name? Spanish lady on uh Latina? Yeah. Where? Where? Jennifer Lopez? No. No. Jennifer Sophia? Lopez. Sophia from uh How you forget mm. your crush? I know. I know. That don't make no <laughs> sense. Gong shows a gong. It's too late. Yeah. It's too damn late. Let's move on. Next question. Unbelievable. Next question. Yeah. Next question. Next question. I mean, damn. Queen, you embarrassing me on my hey, YouTube Steve channel. Smith. What's up, this bro? Is Lee White out of Ocala, Florida. I was just wondering with the big fight coming up between Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, why more networks haven't covered the the fight? Supposed to be a big fight and do all kind of pay per view number. All right. Well, first of all, Cardell finally discovered this Selma Hayek. Ma um, you know, you know, uh, um, you know, was it Mike? Something with the stripper, the guy, the stripper Mike, whatever the hell the movie is. Um, Channing Tatum and all that stuff. So, so, I got Magic Mike, Magic Mike, Magic oh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, 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 Selma yeah. Hayek. That's that's Cardell's crush. No, I can think of a couple of better. You, you just said you just said Selma Hayek though. Yeah, it's no, too late. Too late. Movie, Stick with that. Stick with that. It's too late. I will tell you this: the guy asked me, the caller asked me about the fight, why more people are not covering the fight. It's inexplicable, to, it's inexplicable to me. It's the biggest fight since Mayweather Pacquiao. You agree with that? I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. 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 This is one of the fights I've never heard yeah. anyone be so undecisive about yes. who's yeah. going to win. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. You know, yep. somebody's yeah. always having to yeah. argue one fight over yep. the other. Yeah. Even the uh, ride over here, the driver was telling me, he mm. said, I don't know who's going to win. I have no clue. I have a question. What's How up? is this fight bigger than Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia? Um, because Ryan Garcia is not on the level of Errol Spence Jr. or or uh, Terrence Crawford. If he was as big as Javante Davis, you would have a point. But he's not. So it's not. Mm. But Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford are both bigger than Ryan Garcia. He's a puppy. He's young. He's spectacular. He's uh, but good. he was in over his head when he went up against Javante Davis because he got lured into being emotional, came out there. His speed, his jab, his boxing skills, he didn't use it. He was throwing wild. He was leaving his body open. And he got caught with that liver shot and didn't want to get up. Yeah. Not to mention the fact he got coaxed into that weight clause that ultimately got the best of him because he had to meet a catch weight. And that obviously drained him as well and that compromised him. Next caller. What you got? Yeah, this is Patrick, Fort Myers, Florida, Stephen A, tongue and cheek. Just want to know, have you ever had a woman tell you the words, if I can't have you, no one else can? And have you ever said that to a woman? Bye. Love the podcast. Appreciate you, my brother. The man asked me a very interesting question. Has, have I ever had a woman in my life who said, if I can't have you, no one can have you? And have you ever said that to a woman? The answer to the second part of that question is hell no. I ain't never said that to no woman. I don't, you don't want me fine. I don't want you either. And if I do want you, I'll get the hell over you. Cause I ain't going out like that. I mean, that, that's just weak to me. If you, why want somebody that don't want you? Yeah. Okay. Have we, am I right, fellas? Point taken. Not me and Cardell, because Bobby, we know you, 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 no you you're no working, you're working, no you're working, no you're working progress. Cardell. I was 16, said, 17 years old at the time. Okay. Right? We still haven't forgotten. Yeah, we still haven't forgotten. We still haven't forgotten. What about you, Spain? No, you know, I ain't had that. No, no, we ain't had that. I was, I was knocked down for 30 years. Yeah, you were married well, for 30 I, years, my yeah, brother. Bro, yeah, 30 man. years. Wife, so, she was so. special. No doubt about that. I appreciate that. Let me tell you this. I know I've had a woman that said, if I can't have you, nobody can. Stalkers. It's very, it can be very scary. It yeah. can be very scary. Yeah. But you got to say, damn that. It ain't going out like that. You know, you ain't going to. 
threaten me and all that. So like you, you, women reject men all the time. Why can't we say no to you? Why, 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 I got, why our life got to be in danger because we don't want you? You tell men no for breakfast. That's how I look at it. Why, why can't we tell you no? That's true. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. What about you, Cutter? You already told me. Everybody know me. Anybody who does know me, I, I'm different when it comes to women. You you different know. in what way, Cutter? I, I, I believe, I believe, and pl- I know I'm going to get backlash oh, for this. You're going to get some backlash for it, too. Please be careful. Please yeah. be careful. I, I believe women are expendable. Either we're going to do this together or we ain't. That's just how I see it. That Why did you have to use water. the word expendable? That's very rude. It's very. That very it's did y'all bleep him? Listen. No, there's no bleeping. It's his opinion, oh, but it ain't ours. I don't it's feel that yours. way. You don't feel that way. Spank don't feel that way. No, it's, it's Women are expendable. As far as I'm concerned, listen, either you want to be with me or you don't. We don't have to go through no changes. I don't believe it's stalking you. I don't want you stalking me. Either we're working it out or we ain't. You lying, you lying because yeah, I know so a particular woman that been in your life that you were supposed to break up with about seven times and you still with her. You can't get yes. enough of her. Yes. She's still around. Yes. Yes. She's still around. <laughs> you front, it. You front right now. I'm not front about nothing. At the end of the day, either we're going to do it together or we ain't. You want to go your way, I'll go my way. But why you just gonna say expendable? Because that's what they you know. Ain't that, that, what about wait, are men expendable? A man, man, of course. Well, of course men then are expendable. Then say we're women. all expendable. Wait. You're asking me about women. You ain't asking what what men and what I'm just we saying, but you know, I mean, you just just, just anybody's expendable to anybody. I do not believe in, in 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 stalking anybody. I don't believe in if I can't have you, nobody else can. What what, what kind of weakness is that for mm-hmm. men or women? That, that, I, I just don't understand that. I agree. I mean, I, I agree with I that. I agree with that part. I'm just trying to take say you use the word expensive. That's a bit harsh. It's okay. It's okay. It's a bit harsh. I'm going to call Money Mark on you. I'm going to call Money Mark on you. He does crazy, man. Because he does crazy. He tried to fly here just to be here in time for this, just to be in the segment with you. I should have had him with y'all together and stuff like that. God help us all of you if he was here. Okay. All right. All right. Last question. Let me take one more call. All right. Let me. All right. I'll take two more calls. I'll take two more calls. Give me two more calls. Go ahead. Yo, Stephen A. This is Alex from Michigan. If your girl could make 10K a month minimum doing OnlyFans, would you let her do it? Go Lions. If if my girl could make 10,000 doing what? I didn't understand that question. Somebody help me out here. I didn't understand his question. Yo, Stephen A. This is Alex from Michigan. Go ahead. If your girl could make 10K a month minimum doing OnlyFans, would you let her do it? Go Lions. Doing, doing, if my girl could make $10,000 a month doing OnlyFans. Oh, Lord. What? First of all, let me, let me, let me, let me explain. Let me explain something. First, 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 we in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we in Vegas. All right, we in Vegas. All right, a couple of things, a couple of things. First of all, clearly you either don't give a damn about your woman or you don't have one. Or you ain't confident enough to keep one, so you need all the assistance you can get. Because if you are a man and you're confident that you can handle your business, you don't want anybody else having your woman. And if somebody else handle has your woman, how is she yours? If they can go on OnlyFans and all of this other stuff, how is she yours? It's sometimes some dudes ask questions, man. And I seriously have some very major concerns yeah. about how, I mean, you have no, no confidence or no skills. You're no, I mean, 
he sounds really, really pathetic. It almost sounds like, damn, I'm whack. I need all the help I could get, fellas. Could you do with her? Could you do things with her for me that I can't do? That's almost how bad he sounds. What did you make of that, Bobby? Just try something, Bobby. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like from what you're saying. That that's you right. heard. That's, yeah, it sounds like the dude just probably just have no confidence in himself. He says, you know what, yo, let me see if I can get... Get get some sort of some sort of help here. Mm -hmm. Let her do what she want to do. Right. And see if she may, maybe maybe he's pimping her. Who knows? Maybe he's trying uh, to get some money. Pimping ain't Go ahead, Carter. Go ahead, Carter. I, I don't have no comment on that call. That, that's to me, that's, that's a weak dude. Same with you. I, I can't relate to that. It's insecurity, you know. Yeah, yeah. Spit that. Spit that. Spit that. Spit that. Spit that. Small man complex. Last question. Yep. Hey, Stephen A. Um, this is Glenn Greenley from the Bronx, and I wanted to know. Uh, what you think about Donovan Mitchell still coming to New York, if it's a possibility? <sighs> he wants to know whether or not, I, what do I think about the possibility of Donovan Mitchell coming to New York? Let me say this to you. Donovan Mitchell, if the New York Knicks don't make a deal in giving up those picks for somebody like a Damian Lillard or what have you in a year or so, yeah, they got a chance at Donovan Mitchell. He wanted to be in New York. He expected to be in New York, had his bags packed, was basically preparing to come to New York. And then Leon Rose let, let the former executive in Minnesota, Gershon Rojas, get on the phone with Danny Ainge to negotiate a deal. And Danny Ainge said, look, I want X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. and, this, and I got a deal from Cleveland on the table. And if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to send him to Cleveland. And the Knicks thought he was bluffing. And refused to give up the assets, R.J. Barrett, you know what I'm saying, somebody like Grimes and the picks and held on to that and lost to Donovan Mitchell, lost out to Donovan Mitchell. If the New York Knicks had Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Brunson this year, New York Knicks beat Miami and they in the conference finals. Mm. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. Plus, you, you know what you're talking about. And everybody needs to know that. You know what you're talking about, Steve. You're right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I, you know, I'm a diehard Nick fan, right? Yeah. But you don't I'm get as emotional I've, about I've, them as I do. Not anymore. I used to. Right. Because I got a theory about this. So the, the owner, right? James Dolan. Get it, get it. No, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you. You're in the New York market. Every other franchise in the NBA have to win for their value to go up. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 